What is good, all of our listeners and viewers? Welcome to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam. I'm Ed. And I own six of the same t-shirt. So we're filming our podcast now. <laughs> How you doing, YouTube? If you're watching this, this t-shirt right here. I own six of them because I've embraced minimalism. So that means less clothes, less stuff, and more insanity. Because, you know, it gives me more time to be insane. I thought it was supposed to save your sanity. Oh, that's true. Oh, man, I got to take notes on this. But uh, Liz, how you doing? I'm good. Yeah? It's summer. It got real hot real fast. It did. It's kind of warm <laughs> in the studio. And plus, now we have lighting. So, so it's extra warm. Extra warm in the studio but you know what we want to give you guys a film podcast to watch on youtube because we're building up that audience we want to focus on youtube but do not worry because we will always have the audio version of these podcasts on all the same platforms that you listen to on but we're now putting it up on youtube video style so uh we are going to be not doing we are not going to be doing movie minutes today because we want to give more time for our guest today nick DePaulo, the developer behind adam's ascending which was the closer for the kind of funny games e3 showcase yeah so before we get to him we'll talk about some gaming news but before we get to the gaming news we just want to remind everybody to follow us on the social medias you can follow us on twitter at gaming groceries or you can follow us individually I'm at Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. And you can follow us there. Be friends with us. Be friends with us there. On be friends with us. Yes. As well as Instagram, Games and Groceries, all one word. Check us out there for gaming updates and updates about the podcast as well as gaming memes. You can also check out our website, gamesandgroceries.com, where you can listen to all of the podcasts from the website. Find out where you can listen to them, as well as read some articles that I write and I post onto the website. And finally, if you're listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you can rate and review us, give us your five-star ratings, your honors reviews, and just let us know if you would like to, us to read those reviews on the podcast. Just email us, contact at gamesandgroceries.com, and if you would like us to read your reviews, just let me know in the emails. I think that's all said and done. We want to get started, uh, give more time to our guest, Nick DiPaolo. But before we get to him, let's go into our first segment. Top three gaming news. The top three gaming news is the gaming news that we saw in the past week. We like to rate it three, two, one. There we go. First time filming the podcast, but we want to rank it three, two, one and give you a condensed version of what's going on inside the gaming industry. So let's start off with our number three gaming news. Joseph Ferris. Number two. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Number three, Joseph Ferris is teasing a follow-up game to A Way Out, but it is not A Way Out 2. So if that name sounds familiar, Joseph Ferris, you might know him from this game such as A Way Out, which came out, uh, I believe, last year or two years ago. It was last year. We played it this wow. past year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Last year, A Way Out, uh, as well as his game Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. But now he's teasing up a follow-up game. He did not give a name or how long it's going to be, but in an interview with, oh my, in an interview with Rock, Paper, Shotgun, uh, Ferris is going to say that it is going to be something with an intense story with the Haze Light style. So we played A Way Out together. What do you yeah. think of jo Joseph Ferris's style of games? Um, I really 
enjoyed it. Um, it was a good balance between narrative, mm-hmm. but also a little bit of combat and yeah. shooting. Um, I really I enjoyed it. Well. It was interesting, and the story was amazing. It was. It, it was fantastic, uh, especially Brothers Tales to His Sons. That was fantastic, but he says that it will be a story. But what's even better is that a quote within Rock, Paper, Shotgun says, I like to make the player really not know what's going on, like a roller coaster ride. And he said there's going to be twists and turns. And he's going to be screwing with your mind, except he didn't say screwing with your mind. He said something that we're not going to say on the podcast because we're clean, family friendly. But he's going to be screwing with your mind. Uh, he says there's going to be a lot of twists and turns. And every he said he's going to uh, uh, screw up your mind every 30 minutes of the game. Wow. Every 30 minutes That's of the game. That's very specific. Yeah. Like every every single scene, it's just going to be like messing you up. He also says that the next game is going to be insane mechanically, actually. Uh, insane mechanically. It's impossible to get uh, tired of the next game, he says. This might have online co-op similar to A Way Out did. So very excited about this. But this is now official that Joseph Harris is teasing a follow-up game. So I'm excited. Very, very Sounds excited. Sounds good. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, But yeah, definitely keep your eyes on that. We will keep you updated if there's any more news about that front. But moving on to the number two gaming news, Bill Harrison, who is the head of stated development. Bill Harrison confirms that Google will not remove uh, your purchased games, even if it stops being on the platform. So we know that a lot of times digital distribution, such as Alan Wake, there's been a couple others in the news where suddenly... These games just stop being sold to new users, uh, whether it be for uh, rights or mostly actually just rights. Mm-hmm. Like you do not have the rights to sell this game anymore to new players. And we've been seeing that a lot more, especially Telltale games are now coming off the market. But Phil Harrison pr- uh, promises that you will still have access. So if the publisher or developer removes a game from Stadia, from the Stadia store, you will still be able to access the game if you have purchased it in the past. Uh, there may be a time where publishers no longer has the rights to sell. This is a quote from Phil Harrison. Mm-hmm. Uh, a time where publishers no longer have the rights to sell to new players, it will still continue to be available to existing players. So that's very exciting news. This is really good news. Uh, we have not gotten our hands on Stadia just yet. Yeah. But if you're not familiar with uh, Google Stadia... Google Stadia is a streaming service for video games. No longer are you going to be downloading games onto a hard drive. You're going to be streaming it very similar to Netflix, Hulu, where you just press play and you watch the movie right there and then. Uh, Same thing with Stadia. You're going to be buying access into streaming a video game. Yeah. No. I think the best way to compare it to is um, Amazon Prime. Yes. Because you have the option to stream some for whatever the monthly fee is. You have the option to have them temporarily. You also have the option to purchase right. the games to permanently have for yourself. But it's still only on that online forum. So I think right. that's honestly like the best um, comparison for people mm-hmm. is Amazon Prime, especially when it comes to this like mm-hmm. purchase, but they might not have the right to sell it after that. So... I think it is kind of along those same lines and the best way to explain it in its current position. I mean, we saw we're still a long way away from Stadia actually being released and Mm -hmm. 
um, who knows how much it can change. And that's the thing. He did say that it will be in your Google accounts. He didn't really Mm -hmm. say Stadia account. He said your Google account, which is uh, highly confirming of of everything. But that's that's the worry here is that when you stream a game, when you stream a game that you don't have access to, it's kind of hard to picture that even if a game comes off of the streaming service that you can still stream it if you purchased it. But uh, this is actually uh, very comforting to know that you'll still have access to it. But is, there's also a survey that's been conducted by game, uh, GameIndustry.biz. Uh, this is coming from European Gamers. Talking about uh, streaming video games, uh, according to the survey, 70% of gamers, that's the UK, Germany, Spain, European company, uh, countries, 70% of gamers are not interested in streaming their video games, and only 3% are actually interested. Hmm. Only 3% are actually interested in streaming their video games. So I think this is um, a lot to take in. We have a lot of uh, confirmations. We have a lot of worries, but... Here, here's where the deal lies. We still haven't gotten our hands on fully capable streaming video mm-hmm. games on a platform. We were skeptical when Netflix came out with streaming. Yeah. So I, I really have no opinion on this just because we haven't yeah. gotten our full hands on the mainstream. We've gotten PlayStation now, which is terrible. Um, but Stadia still hasn't come out yet yeah i think before we can judge it too harshly we really have to wait for it to be finalized finished mm-hmm. and even give it time to grow um it's a new concept it's still a growing concept who knows in 10 years mm-hmm. you know yeah you never know you never know but uh yeah so we'll, we'll see what this is like once stadia comes out and we have it in the mainstream market but uh time will tell however it is now time speaking of time uh, uh, it is time for the number one gaming news, and this is all about Tim Sweeney Ooh, on Twitter. Our favorite person to talk about. Again. Tim Sweeney, once again, goes on blast on Twitter to exclaim that uh, he is the uh, savior for all digital platforms on PC. He once again claims that exclusives are the... Oh, sorry. Uh, Exclusives are the only way for Steam to change. The only way. So on Twitter, uh, Tim Sweeney was replying to somebody on Twitter saying, uh, well, why do you have to nab uh, exclusives away from Steam? Why can't you make your own games? Why can't you make your platforms better? Why is it only you have to nab away exclusives? Uh, Sweeney replies, "Uh, we believe, now I'll get back to that, we believe exclusives are the only strategy that will change the 70-30 status quo. The 70-30 status quo, if you don't know, is about the uh, the cut that Steam takes. So if a developer puts their game on Steam, they will get 70% of the revenue, but Steam will get 30%. That's a large margin. Mm-hmm. However, uh, Epic only takes away 18% of that margin, whereas Steam takes 30 So let me, let me read that tw- uh, tweet again. We believe... That exclusives are the only strategy that will change the status quo. What I don't like is where he said, we believe Mm -hmm. this is the only strategy, right? Uh, Moving forward, he says, the 18% such gains uh, are generally uh, split between reinvestment, uh, profit, and price reduction. Uh, More competition leads to more of one and two, which is reinvestment and price reduction. And he totally ignores profits. Now, 
here's the thing that gets us so upset about this. Uh, and this is our last point. We want to get to our guests today. But Tim Sweeney, you're a business. You pay employees. Why are you trying to pretend that you don't care about your profits? Yeah. I mean, there is that off chance that he, what he said in the very beginning is true, that once they, or once um, Steam mm -hmm. fixes everything he wants fixed, right. he'll just shut down Epic Game Store and be done. Oh, yeah. Which, honestly, I feel like at this point, even if that is true, so you just wasted people's time, people's money, people's mm -hmm. energy on doing a Robin Hood project when, when you shut down Steam and just go back and do what they were doing before. And what if uh, what if people really were invested in the Epic Game Store? They yeah. bought all their games on Epic, and then you say, like, oh, Steam fixed itself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's just that here's the thing. We understand that businesses need to make a profit. We're not trying to say, like, down with a man. We're trying to say that stop trying to pretend that you're the Robin Hood for PC gamers. Yeah. Just say that, hey, listen, we want to be a competition. We want to be better than Steam. We want to offer more than Steam. And this is our price cut. We're not, stop trying to pretend that you started Epic Game Store just to battle with Steam. Mm -hmm. Just do what exactly why you want to do this and just say, hey, we believe in developers. We ourselves are developers. Uh, Gears of War. I'm not going to mention the other game that you make. But we are developers. We know what developers want. And we want to make a storefront for developers mm -hmm. and just stick with that. Stop with yeah. this whole white knighting. Yeah, fix for Steam. Got to fix Steam. Like, no, fix your, fix your own store because, honestly, Epic is not a very good competition for the customers. Exactly. It's a good competition for the developers, but no one's going to buy these games if Epic continues to be a terrible platform. Exactly. We, we just want Epic to become their own business, their own uh business philosophy they, they they should have their own philosophy instead of just comparing themselves like well, samsung does with iphone yeah. like like samsung does what iphone doesn't how about you're just epic yeah i mean it's good to have that healthy competition of like well this is our competitor how can we be better than our competitor yes but they're saying like we're doing this to help steam realize what they're doing wrong like no just do it because you, steam doesn't do it exactly it's just ridiculous so we just wanted to briefly cover the top three gaming news uh, just to clarify or just to sum up everything. Joseph Farris teasing a follow-up game to A Way Out, but is not A Way Out 2. Phil Harrison confirms that Google will not delete your games even if the games uh, get off of Stadia. And uh, Tim Sweetie is the Robin Hood of PC gaming, but he's actually a business. I think that's enough for our top three gaming news. We just want to introduce our guest, who is, as I said before, Nick DiPaolo, who is the developer behind Adam's Ascending. He's such an encouraging person, such an inspiring person. I know he's got a lot of wisdom to, to bring to the audience here. So we, we hope that you uh, enjoy what he has to say. Let's just bring him on right now. Here's our guest, Nick DiPaolo. It's interview time. So we have here our guest, Nick DiPaolo. Say hi, Nick. Hello. <laughs> so Nick is coming to us from San Jose, California. And the most important part is that he's developing a game called Adam's Ascending. It is not named after me. Uh, maybe it is. We'll find out. But uh, Nick, introduce yourself. Um, uh, what's Adam's Ascending like and uh, how you got involved in game development? 
Yeah, uh, Adam's Ascending. Well, I'm, I'm Nick DiPaolo. I've been developing Adam's Ascending for about three and a half years uh, solo and just got on this journey. I don't have any coding experience, but I said, hey, I feel something in my heart. I got to go after this. And you live and you learn and, and you go from there. So I started the process and I am where I am today, building this game, trying to uh, build something special. And Adam's Ascending is just a game about exploring, solving, and surviving. You go through this island you've crash-landed on. It's a supernatural dimension of, of your own soul, uh, and you have to explore it. The finances about who you are, uh, about finding your lost father, who you believe has ended up on this island, and just finding out answers to find out where he is and to get you and him back home. That's a short little synopsis. Hopefully that's good enough. But that's pretty much the gist of Adam's sentence about you know, finding who you are as the player, as the player goes through, you know, you, you're diving deep in your own personal soul and tapping into it to find answers about how to play. So trying to do something unique. Man, I love it. Yeah. When I saw it on the uh, kind of funny games, E3 showcase, I saw it and I was like, this looks amazing. I, I love the sci-fi realm. I love where the narrative is going. So then I uh, looked into a little bit more of your story. I was like, wow, this guy is just really, really determined. I, Definitely want to bring him on the show just to spread more encouragement, spread uh, inspiration to others so that they can just uh, achieve their goals as, as you are. I appreciate that, man. There's so many times uh, I watch, I'll watch something like I'll even see that showcase. It's tough. And, and because you watch it like, oh, it was a great moment. But then you're like, man, this needs to be better. <laughs> this this yeah, is not good enough for, you know, you, you set such a high standard for yourself. So when I hear people say, man, this looks so good or, yeah. you know, this is great. it's super encouraging. Uh, but it's also, I know there's so much more that I haven't even had time to invest into the project yet, which is coming very soon. So I'm excited to get to that phase, uh, and, and blow things out of the water in a, in a positive way. Man, but yeah, thank it. you. Thank, thank you. I was shocked too, to be on the kind of funny game showcase. So it was, uh, Big thanks to Greg Miller and the team there doing all their their stuff and hustling and bustling and giving someone like me who's cranking it out in, in a little mini office this game every day when I can to, to have an opportunity to shine. So, yeah, it's been, it's been an honor. Man, well, we can't wait to play it, man. Uh, mm -hmm. Definitely can't wait. Uh, definitely keep us updated about that. But uh, you, you're going to have plenty of uh, time to do interviews, uh, talking all about Adam's Ascending. Here on Games and Groceries, we love to ask our guests uh, questions to get them know to get to know them as people. Uh, we're starting off in this video podcast, so I'm staring at this lens, not sure what to do, but <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna start with five questions for you, uh, just to get to know you as a person a little bit better. So, our very first uh, question for you is that in your videos, you stated that you got in your love of ga gaming through the PlayStation One. Uh, we want to ask you, what are some PlayStation 1 games that bring back the most memories for you? Yeah, uh, you give me goosebumps, man. PlayStation 1. And, yeah, I, man. and to everybody, I am, I'm a lover of all video game consoles. So, no. <laughs> all right. This way. But I, I do love, uh, yeah, PlayStation 1 was the gateway drug, I guess you could say, <laughs> to, to all the wonderful joys of gaming. And uh, I think... Yeah, there's there's two games that stand out a lot. Uh, one 
is Metal Gear Solid for PlayStation nice. 1. Um, not sure if you've ever played it or ever heard of it. <laughs> yeah, it's a small game. Yeah. Yeah, just this little game. Uh, but yeah, that game is is massive in, in my own heart. And I think it's not only gameplay, you know, people always lean on gameplay, but to me it was this, the sounds, the environments, this vibe of really feeling like you're in this world. And I think before I even knew what that was, that's something that attracted me to playing games. And Metal Gear Solid was one of the first to really in, immerse me, not not only in, yeah, cinematics, and you got these cutscenes. yeah, that's one thing, but it was literally walking through this world and seeing a puddle and hearing it drip mm. or, you know, a drop of water hitting the puddle and you your, your feet making sounds when you walk through the puddle. It's like these all these little things that make you feel like you're really in this cold, you know, the island was called Shadow Moses Island. And thinking about an island, I'm, you know, maybe even that has been an influence in Adam's Ascending of like, here's one location, you know, fill it out with detail oh, nice. and, and levels. And and it's probably that that's always rooted, been rooted within me, you know, before even making Adam's Ascending. So that's probably somewhere in my, my conscious where this came out of this idea. But yeah, Metal Gear Solid, that's that's one 100% that I could... Yeah, I used to go around, not to dive too deep, but yeah, I used to go around making voices and sound, trying to sound like Snake and and all, and even the the main character of Adam. I guess I kind of tap into this more hardened, painful character with some voiceover because I'm I'm doing the voiceover myself because yeah, this is pure. I'm a pure indie game. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, when someone says indie, indie you know, it's changing over time, but that, that's one of the games that really has uh, inspired me. Uh, hopefully that answered your question on that side. I, I have maybe one more that really probably changed my life, not my, not my life, but uh, changed yeah. the way I played games, which was an influence from my cousin. I used to hang out with him all the time when we were little growing up, and he was always hooked on Resident Evil. And that's yes. a game that... I didn't know what it was. I sat there and it would give me nightmares and I was just totally immersed into this world. And again, I think it was the atmosphere. And again, there's something about games being in one location and really being immersed. Oh, here's a mansion. You know, you have to explore this. It's full of details. It's You're trapped. Try to get out. And I think even the recent success of Resident Evil 2 Remake that just came out, people are going nuts about it because it's just this one place. It's this one place to fully explore and dive deep into. Uh, and I think that's something that, you know, has stuck with me forever. Uh, and I, I love that idea. So hopefully, yeah, those are the, if you want to dive deep into more info on why, feel free, let me know. But those are two games that really stuck out to me uh, right now as you answer, ask that question. No, those are some solid choices, man. Mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of uh, PlayStation 1 owners would uh, completely agree with that. Uh, and I believe Metal Gear Solid, that was included in the PlayStation Classic, but not Resident I, Evil. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't picked up a Classic, but that game has been, you know, sitting there and telling me, pick pick me up, buy a Classic, buy yeah. a Classic <laughs> just to play this game. So it's, it's been really pulling. It's, all, it's always about time for me, and I have been so crammed with time, so it's uh, tough to jam in even a classic game like that in now. But I like how it stays in my memory. It stays more vivid in my memory. I don't want to uh, shatter any beautiful 
uh, nostalgia I might have with it by playing it again. Maybe I'll be like, Ooh, this is totally different than I experienced. Yeah. But it, uh, yeah, it's definitely a great, great game. Yeah. We also talked about time crunches. It talked about not having enough time. However, I've seen you're in fantastic shape, might I add. Uh, and last week we yeah. talked about, oh, no problem. Uh, we talked about uh, being fitness and a gamer. Uh, we just want to ask, as a developer with not much time, how do you stay in shape? What's your diet like? What are some uh, favorite fitness routines that you have? Yes, staying in shape, uh, to be honest, I feel like a slob every day. So uh, <laughs> I might be behind sitting in a chair a couple hours a day working on the game. But, yeah, I guess I tried to just weave it in. Uh, just to give you some background, hmm. I uh, was, I wouldn't say obese, but back in my middle school days, I was a big sloppy mess and would eat myself full of uh, Twix candy bars all, all day, every day, and, and uh, totally binged in some great greasy food. But then over time, went through high school and uh, got into some athletics there and kind of learned to be very disciplined, not in the sense of eating, but in the sense of, hey, take time in your day to do this and then you could enjoy this more often. Uh, and then that's when my discipline of watching what I ate and balancing a workout started building up. And then from there, before I got into the game industry, I worked in the film industry for about eight, eight to 10 years. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the stuff we did was doing documentaries for bodybuilders and uh, Mr. Olympia. It's the, the nice. big event that Arnold Schwarzenegger used to do. So we did a bunch of documentaries and was always around these super fit individuals and athletes and learned some more things from them. And then as I transitioned into making the game, time has been insane. Uh, we're trying to fit everything in there while balancing a regular job, balancing working on this game, being a dad, being a husband, and just doing everyday tasks in between. The way I, I try to do it is just, you know, eat healthy in the morning or have a have a bowl of oatmeal and then try to fit time in between to do, okay, this morning I'm waking up, I'm doing 25 sit-ups and 100 uh, or tw uh, 25 push-ups and 100 sit-ups. Like, all right, that was all I had time for uh, for my workout today, which is honestly what it has been. It's been like a little routine there or here or on a Saturday I'll I'll ask the wife, I say, Hey, let's go for a jog and we'll jog to like a kid's park. Uh, we're starting to do that now and just do a little, a couple pull-ups on like a kid's, a kid's uh, playground somewhere and, and, and try to balance out at least doing some type of activity. But I think it really does come down to what you eat, you know? Um, yes, I, I totally agree. Yeah. I think if you eat a well-balanced diet, doesn't need to be some you know chicken and broccoli every day right but, you know, just eat try not to eat like 25 cheeseburgers from mcdonald's and you'll be fine you know <laughs> try to try to be like all right tonight for dinner i'm having this and i'll stay away from some carbs uh and then in the morning have some more carbs instead of at night and kind of balance it out uh, but I think it's life's all about balance you know whether you're making a game or working or trying to work out uh balance is the key uh, in staying shape for me and I'm not in some like, you know, <laughs> incredible shape, yeah. but I just keep it, keep it going. I want to reach 120 years old. So I gotta, I got, I got a ways to go. So I got to stay there. Keep I like that shape. goal. Yeah. Try to stay alive until the one, two, oh, I like the it. One, two, oh man. That's the way to go. Right on. One, 
right, well, uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully uh, um, that answers your question. No, for and sure. Yeah. Same balance. Yeah. Balance is key. That That's what I always say. It's like, I always tell people it's all a matter of what are you eating, man? Like you can do all these workouts, you can go to all these gyms, but what are you eating? Right. And if it's 25 cheeseburgers from McDonald's, you're not going anywhere. I guess if yeah. it's 25 cheeseburgers yeah. in general. 25 cheeseburgers in general. Like, I don't think any cheese, any amount of 25 cheeseburgers from anywhere is very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think it's, uh, it's you know, if I have, um, you know, something crazy in the morning or like recently I've noticed like, oh, I got to be careful because I love, I'm Italian. So I love having my little espresso in the morning and I have nice. have an espresso with a cookie, but I'm like, oh. This cookie's starting to catch up with me every morning. So yeah. now I've substituted that cookie with uh, with like some honey in my coffee instead, and being like, "All right, you know, honey's a little better transition than you know a chocolate chip cookie <laughs> with my coffee and breakfast." So, uh, so yeah, just finding little things like that to still enjoy your food, but uh, substitute it for something a little healthier. Mm-hmm. I like it. All right, Liz, why don't you uh, take the third question we have? Okay. Um, so Adam was saying how in your videos, you're such like a bubbly person. You've got like this amazing, crazy personality. So what led you to become such an encouraging person? Oh, there's a lot of factors. Uh, uh, I guess the, I'll start off by saying I've realized that your tongue, your mouth has the power to give you a to turn your situation into life or death situations, mm-hmm. what, what, what comes out of your mouth makes a difference. Uh, and I, and I know I've been on the side of, you know, I, I've gone through hard things before and I've realized, you know, yeah, it's hard, mm-hmm. but you could make it even harder by speaking the negative of the situation. Like, Oh man, I'm, I'm going through this. This is horrendous, man. Am I, this, I'm never getting out of this and never da, 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 da. And you start going down this rabbit hole and what you start speaking, you start believing what you start believing starts happening. Uh, because that's where your mindset is. Uh, and I've, you know, four or five years ago, I lived on the East East coast in Florida and mm. me and my fiance at the time, we just said, from 2011, we said, Hey, one day we're going to move to California. One day, like every day before she would go to work, we'd say, we're going to, we're going to do this one day. We're going to have a home one day. We're going to have a family. I don't see anything at that moment in 2011 that would say that's what's coming. But I always say, you probably heard it a million times, you know, faith it before you make it, you know? Mm -hmm. So we're just faith in it, speaking life in the situation, uh, and just, you know, wanting that to happen and, and, and pushing through that way. And then we moved out here and it was still super tough. And, and, and I, I'm giving this all these details because it's leading up to a big major point I want to make, but yeah, we moved out here and it was tough and we were sleeping on the floor with uh, ski clothes to keep us warm because we came from Florida. Wow. So, you know, 70 degrees, California felt like, you know, 30 degrees for us. Because wow. we were from so we're sleeping in sleeping bags and, but we're like, all right, the door's going to open and, and mm-hmm. we're going to, we're going to find work and we're just going to keep going forward. We know we're here. We felt like we were supposed to move out here and, and this is why we're here. Uh, and then doors started opening for her, for me. And, and then I started wanting to, I felt another thing in my heart, Hey, start building this game and, and started that journey as well. And, but I guess all of that 
you could say, oh, so you're speaking positive. Mm. Yeah, but I, to me personally, and this is just my where I came from, uh, my mom always took me to church. And, yeah. and, you know, church is not it for everybody, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, I totally understand people's perspective on things. But I can say that besides the people and besides all these things that we all hear and, and, and deal with with what the church is, which is absolutely true sometimes, uh, mm-hmm. but there was a foundation there of, hey, speak life over your situations. There was words I heard that were truth. Uh, so to me, I always say whether people believe or not, there are truthful things in, in that old ancient book, you know, <laughs> that people sometimes don't understand. And, and even I didn't understand at times, but I, I knew, all right, there's something here. Let me, let me see if this works. Let me test it. And then when it started working, mm. I couldn't deny what it was doing in my, my life, the, the, the truth in this. And obviously you have to balance out certain things with what you read and, and, and what you feel. And, and, but for me, that's, that's been a foundation for me growing up, staying positive, staying, you know, no matter what. My parents moved from Italy to America way back, and I was born here, but, you know, they went through their things. I know for a fact if they didn't have their foundation uh, and their faith, uh, they probably wouldn't have made it either because you need to cling on to something when you go through tough times. Uh, and that passed on to me and passed on to, you know, my brothers. So staying positive comes from just why would – if I had a choice to be negative or positive, why would we as human beings choose negative? There's no benefit. At least a positive, mm-hmm. there's a benefit. You know, Even if something doesn't come or something does come, you by just staying positive, you're going to enjoy your experience better as you're making your way towards your destination. So I, to me, you know, that's always been there. And, and, and it's honestly has gotten me through these three years of development craziness because – I've had to speak life over my situation and say, all right, this week I'm going to figure out why this game's not working or why this bug is happening. I'm going to do it. There's nobody. There's nobody encouraging me. There, well, my wife's always been there encouraging me, but right you know, there was no friend. There is no friend really good. You know, and as things are opening, you know, there are more opportunities to bond with more people. Uh, but through the the darkness that I experienced, that positivity, the the, the life giving word, you know, brought the game to where it is now. So even now today, I'm like, all right, one day a publishing deal is coming. One day mm. this is happening. One day, th- you know, uh, it, you just got to speak that over yourself. Hopefully, I'm not running on with this, but uh, you know, it sometimes that positive word you might not see anything that comes out of it for years. Mm. But keep speaking it, keep saying it, keep saying it because it's going to happen. Because you can't see it, see it doesn't mean it's not growing. Just like uh, I always say, you know, a seed planted under the soil. You you can't see it, but you got to keep watering it. Do your part. Uh, You have no control over the sunlight, you know, but you got to just do your part and eventually something will sprout. And then and then one day you're on Games and Groceries podcast talking (laughs) about it. So that's full circle. I love it, man. Yeah, man, this this is like super encouraging. Like th- this is a lot of wisdom uh, coming out. Like uh, that was honestly my favorite question so far. And uh, but it actually brings us to our next question. You said that you got your encouragement uh, from uh, the the church and Christianity, the Bible. Uh, we here at Games and Groceries, we also uh, celebrate the Christian faith too. Uh, me being a full time youth pastor. 
I say this to say that two of our episodes, we had an episode where we talked about how Christian games couldn't work. But then I wanted to follow up like saying, no, 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 we, they, they can work. And we just explain how they can work. We want to ask you of your opinion. Uh, what is your opinion of uh, making a Christian video game? Could it work? Could it not work? What are your thoughts? So off the top of my head, it might sound crazy, but if you're going out to make a Christian game, mm -hmm. I'd say uh, it's not going to work uh, in right the on. sense of, you know, I'm a player. I, I believe if, if I see some, the problem is it's the cheesiness, you know, this yes. is, this is, this is, there's, and it has nothing to do with Christianity. There's a lot of mediums out there, whether it's games, movies, you know, the 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 good stuff rises you know and if you're just not making good stuff uh or you know what that market considers great and good mm. it just won't rise it doesn't matter what you want to slap on and, and call it and to me you know i have always from the beginning of this process i've always gone i just want to make a great game i want to make a game i want to play uh and i want to put a positive word in it. And if that word stems from experiences that I've experienced and, and put in there and transitioned, uh, then, you know, those people who will have ears to hear it, will hear it. And, and certain people who, who won't, won't, won't hear it. It's fine. They're still going to enjoy a, a good game and say, Hey, that was a great story. And there is a positive story. Mm. And I think in, in the end, you know, yeah, I don't want to get too too uh, into the weeds, but I think we just have to make great games, uh, great movies, great. Just I'm not even talking about people who are religion based or Christian. It's uh, if if it's in you, it should just be in you. Uh, and you know, I've seen a couple, I think Bible based games try to come out and yes. pretty much just failed uh, because you know it's being the message is being brought in the most boring you know yes <laughs> troll cheesy mm -hmm. horrible you know like oh man i i don't even want to play this and i'm a gamer and it's yeah. like that's the problem you know it's like well, let's make a game first mm -hmm. what are what is involved in a game uh and then and you see it all i'm sorry to ramble but you see it all the time with even movies like i even i've seen some you know faith-based some faith-based films and they're absolutely horrendous and cheesy uh, mm -hmm. and, and it's just bad. And it's like, that's just a bad movie. There's a, and then I always lean into Tyler Perry, you know, I, I believe he's a believer, but he's just making a great funny movie and he's sprinkling mm -hmm. in, uh, the positive message that he's experienced in his life in, in there. And everyone could enjoy that movie. It doesn't need to be for, uh, someone who's just a believer, you know, it's just a great movie or a great experience, or at least a great structural story, uh, and I don't know if you wanted to, I know I felt like you wanted to say something on top of that, please. I'd love to dive deep more into this conversation, but no, uh, I, yeah, I do completely you have any insight? No, I completely agree with you. Uh, in fact, uh, that's exactly what we said on the podcast. It's not about, is, is it a Christian game? Is it a not a Christian game? But it has to be just a good game. And um, on our episode where we talked about, can they work? We, we more came to the conclusion that, it should be a game that has the thematics of a Christianity, but with no uh, dialogue. I don't know if you had time to play the game Grease uh, that came out, Devolver Digital. 
No, I haven't. I will look it up. I think, I think I've heard of it. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful game. It has so many um, different moralities and different um, uh, metaphors within the game, but there's no dialogue. It's just thematic. And that will be a good Christian game because it's just the thematics of a Christian lifestyle. Because once you put in dialogue and once it's like, boom, Christian game, then it becomes like what you said. It becomes cheesy. It doesn't work as a game. Uh, but it's exactly what you said. You should focus first on making a good game and then sprinkle onto it what kind of themes do you want to put into it. Uh, and I see that evidence uh, in your game, Adam's Ascending. I'm, I'm watching the trailers. I'm seeing the gameplay. And I'm seeing that you, you're making a fantastic game. Uh, but I can tell that you're going to be sprinkling, sprinkling some uh, good thematics within the story. Yeah, it's, it's um, you know, I'll give you some background of, so it's like, for example, Adam, mm-hmm. who's the main character, he's, he's on the search for his father, right? And uh, the sprinkling behind that, for me personally, it's sometimes, thank, thank God my father's still around and he's still mm-hmm. here and I get to experience him. But I could, you know, just because of the background I've read in growing up and knowing the Bible and, and I know there's also in there, there's a need for the spiritual father. Uh, Mm. so that's, to me, that's the way I'm trying to lace the, the words, uh, from within, in Adam's ascending in a parable form so people could digest it. So yes, he's in search for his physical father, but there's, there's an underlining tone there that's, Mm. uh, also helping those who might not have a real father uh, that they're searching for maybe something beyond that physical, something that, that, that will, you know, fill in a gap in their heart. And those are some, the way, for an example, I'm not even sure if I'm giving enough detail and I don't want to spoil certain things, but that's an example of, Hey, here's the positive message. Here's some of the word uh, that I've received in my life Mm -hmm. uh, transitioned into a normal story in a normal game and there's not even one bible verse dropped in there there's not but the theme is there it's all mm-hmm. about theme it's all about like i said tapping back to metal gear and resident evil it what is the game making you feel because in the end when we're all done with our lives and we're 100 years old 120 years old 80 years old what whatever there's things that people have maybe have told you, but you don't even remember one word that it that they said, but you'll remember the feeling they left you. Mm. So in the end, you know, Metal Gear Solid will be a classic in the sense of me growing up and me experiencing it. And I know what it is because I'm deeper in the industry than, you know, than Jim who just loves playing games or Fortnite or, or whatnot. But over time, all these games no matter how great they are, will fade. And the mm. only thing that will last is the feeling that they gave you. And that feeling, will we, we're always looking for it. So 10 years from now, there might be a game that's totally different than Metal Gear, but it's still giving me a feeling that Metal Gear gave me. And I go, wow, that's I love this. This is So in the end, hearkening back to the topic, you know, we shouldn't be, I say we, because I'm making a game, but the world shouldn't be trying to, jam something down someone's throat just make an amazing experience that has if you're trying to make a christian game that has you know that theme in there but it's just there where everybody could digest it it shouldn't 
number one, you already failed if you go and, hey, that's a Christian game. You failed. Mm-hmm. Like, you just need to be making a game. Like, there's, it's like, is your game a horror game? Is it an action adventure? Like, there isn't a category. Oh, that's a Christian game. If it is, you're you're already outside. You're you're in another universe, and you're not even part of what you're trying to make. You're making a Christian game that's in the form of a game to try to convince people to learn the word. Like it's already a bad a bad uh, foundation to do it that way. Mm. So I would always tell anybody who is making a Christian game, stop making a Christian game. Just make a great game that has a positive word in it. Uh, and if you're trying to title it as a Christian game, you're, or, or any type of game, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, if you want to put a title on it, Oh, this game's for, uh, the, you know, this type of community or this type of religion, it's like, you just make a game, you know, right and I keep going back to that. Uh, and the, the message will come across and you don't have to label it. It's like, stop labeling it. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And again, I could keep going on and on, but yeah, I'm getting the heebie-jeebies, man. Like that's what I'm trying to break with, with, with Adam's ascending is like, let's just get a, like a positive message. And, and there are certain individuals that I have come across like, Hey man, your game's like, I feel like there's some biblical message in there. It's like, yeah, there, there's something there, but you know, and I'm happy you felt it, Mm -hmm. but you know, I just want to make an amazing game. And those people who know the word or don't know the Bible or who who grew up in church, who didn't grow up in church, whatever, like let's play a game and let's let it move you and change your life forever. I, I, that's what I want to do. I want to make a game that makes people get up and go find their own purpose in life because I've experienced games like that, that have, that are not even Christian because again, who like, it shouldn't be that way. It should be the message that I've, in a game and it, and it inspired me like, man, I want to make a game like that because it moved me. Let's move people. You know, let's not jam, uh, uh, you know, a message down their throat. Who, who wants to be told what to do? We, we want to be shown where to go, you know, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Most definitely. Uh, Sorry on and on. No, uh, no, this is yeah. fantastic. Um, but uh, we're running out a little bit out of time, but we have one more question for you before we get to our next segment. Uh, if you can briefly share, uh, Liz, do you want to ask this one? Uh, yeah, sure. So what are some of the ways you've overcome frustrations or discouragements in um, game developing? Yeah, I think um, some of the ways I got over it is just always telling myself, hey, you're going to get through this, just like personal life situations I've gone through. Again, I started Adam's Ascending with uh, no idea of, of how do I even make a player appear on screen? How do I make a camera move when you move the mouse or a controller button? Like absolutely mm. nothing. Mm-hmm. So uh, to me, the way, excuse me, the way I overcame that is just staying focused on, all right, let's just set these little goals mm-hmm. and go, hey, this week I'm trying to do this. Once I get there, cool. Don't get overwhelmed by the, the massive project you're trying to take on. Just focus on the little goal, uh, whether it's, hey, let's get, you know, 50 podcasts done this month, you know, yes. or uh, let's, let's uh, you know, let's, I want to make the character walk. And then after this week, if I get that accomplished, then we'll figure out how he runs and, and just keeping it small and simple. Because as soon as you start feeling that heavy burden mm. and you know, that heavy yoke, it's not, it's supposed to be easy, no matter what anybody tells you, it's supposed to be fun. And Mm. as soon as 
it's not fun, whatever job you're in and you feel you, you walk into work or you, and you're like, man, this is what am I, I don't feel, I don't feel it. Then yeah. a shift needs to happen because that means you're not doing what you're supposed to do in your life. Uh, and no matter, and sometimes it's a balance. Mm-hmm. You got to balance until it, until you're able to completely overcome your situation and wait. There's different seasons in life, but yeah, I just say just to keep it short and sweet, set mini goals and don't worry about the bigger picture. If you set the mini goals, they'll lead to the bigger picture over time. You know, uh, if I thought about three years ago where I was going to be today, I would be so overwhelmed, you know, and the games kind of like I went to E3 and showcased the game. And now there's a new challenge that I have to overcome of some new type of uh, type of gameplay I have to integrate. Yeah, it's challenging, but I go, OK, let's just go back to the foundation and take it one day at a time. Right on, man. This is a lot of wisdom, man. We we definitely appreciate you coming on the show because everything that you've said about these questions, I I feel like our listeners are really going to take away a lot Mm -hmm. from what's going to be happening. Um, But we appreciate these questions. um, And now we just want to have a good conversation about you. Uh, In our next segment, we're going to be having a conversation about breaking the mold of consumer consumption or or what was it? Content consumption. There was there was two Z words, but content (laughs) consumption. So let's just jump right into it, into our final segment. All right, so now we're going to have a, a good conversation with uh, Nick DiPaolo here. Uh, we were talking back and forth through email, and I asked him, what, what kind of discussion do you want to have? Uh, what, what kind of topic do you want to discuss? And immediately he said that I want to break the mold of content consumption uh, because we all have these expectations for video games and uh, expectations of what they should be and how we should get them. Uh, and we want to just have a deeper conversation about what it means to break that mold. So let's first start with that. Uh, what does it mean to break the mold of content consumption? So we'll start with you, Nick. Yeah, I think breaking the mold is literally, you know, I come from a a job that always talks about proxies and proxies Mm -hmm. are the processes of, you know, we start getting in a routine of how things are and they start flowing good. So we assume that, oh, this is the way it should always be. But that's when you start dying. That's when things start Mm. not working anymore. So you have to always break that process. And to me, breaking that process is, I know there's people who love playing Skyrim and I have no no, no issue with anybody who loves a long game. But for me in the game industry, I think breaking that mold is, why are we playing 40 hour games? Why Mm. are, why is this entertainment 40 hours long? Why are we trying to tell a story that takes 40 hours or 30 hours? And there's nothing bad with that because I understand there's right. open world and there's all these different types of genres or games and we shouldn't be like, you know, another medium. But for me, you know, I think we're still in the in the age of how cinema used to be where mm. you used to literally go to see a movie that was through, I think it was Gone with the Wind that was like, I can't remember how many hours, but they literally had a break in the middle of the movie that say, yeah. okay, you know, one part of the movie's done, come back in five like minutes. Like an intermission, or, or yeah. Intermission, and then they yeah. would come back because it was so chunky. And there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. But as cinema grew, it was like, what, what are we doing? Why is this mm-hmm. not an hour and a half? Why is there not act one, two, three, done? Right. Uh, and I, I feel, honestly, 
the industry is is and again oh that's just the way you play no it's it's the it's not the way I play and it has nothing to do with oh we're we're older now we have less time blah, blah, blah. number one we need to be if we're story driven storytellers and we want to you know God of War I think it was last year won game of the year yes you know game of the year is supposed to be best story best gameplay best everything pretty much. And honestly, I was playing it the other day and I haven't had time. So I picked it up and I got to a point. I was like, I'm literally doing the same thing mm. over and over mm. and over and over again. I'm done. I can't like even though the story is captivating me, but that's the problem. Story had I, I know I'm, I'm going off again on, on, on a tantrum, but that's how we break the mold. We we, we can't go, hey, this has to be this long because people are expecting that. Who right. cares what people are expecting? Blow yeah. them away, you know? Like, let's. what if God of War was two hours long and it was totally beautiful different types of gameplay for those two hours so you didn't mm. get bored and just the story was so compact, oh, we can't tell the story within that time frame. Then you have a horrible story if you can't tell a story within two hours. Uh, you know, so I think that's how we break the mold is just, let, let's shatter the way we digest stories. Let's shatter the way we play games. Uh, and the last thing I'll say on my part is, you know, what if we got a God of War every year and a half or two? Mm. Well, that would be amazing. Well, you know how we do that by going, hey, let's make a two-hour game. It's going to take six, seven months to develop, develop maybe a year, mm -hmm. and then the game's out there, and we could make another one make it it's like you see that with the avengers movies how many movies they make in 10 years yeah you know it because they were able to go next 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 mm -hmm. let's keep the story instead of making one long avengers movie they broke it up over 10 years with everybody's story everybody's uh hey let's make three iron man movies let's make whatever captain america movies so they they told the story with smaller chunks until mm -hmm. you got a hole the game industry like Let's tell the Avengers 10-year story in one game. People yeah. would love to play from Iron Man 1 to Avengers Endgame. Like, no, I'd rather have it in, in bits and pieces and digestible. But, yeah, that, that's my rant on how to break the mold. I'm curious to hear what you guys think. No, yeah, that's that's exactly it. Um, it it's all about game length. And, and I have that in my notes as well, like game length, short, shorter or longer games. I still remember when Spider-Man PS4 came out, and I believe the time was they, they said that it was going to take 20 to 25 hours and people were frustrated. They were saying, like, why is it that short? But me as an adult, the reason why we call it games and groceries is because we're adults. We have other priorities in life. We have to go grocery shopping. There's other um, time consuming things in our life. When I heard 20 to 25, I, I actually breathed. I was like, OK, it's not too long. Um, <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I totally appreciate shorter games. Uh, just recently, and uh, Liz, you watched a bit of me playing. It was uh, Old Man's Journey, and it was about two hours long. And it was just this really fascinating narrative of this old man and his um, and his life story and where he got there. Mm -hmm. And it was just so breathtaking and beautiful. And it was only two, two and a half hours long, you know, yeah. Um I mean, Liz, I think you have that same struggle, too, where if a game's too long, you become. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's crazy that the way that you described it, Nick, because I never thought about it, how long games can be. Like, I just kind of accepted at face value, like, oh, if I want a good story, I, it's going to be a long video game. Right. And I never thought that it could 
be a different way until the way you explained it was that like, you know, movies did it like the Marvel universe, they separated it and they still have very solid stories. I'm like, Oh, why can't they tell a solid story in two hours? Everyone else does it. Yeah. Like, and I just never thought about, so it is like kind of breaking that mold of like, Mm -hmm. like, Oh yeah, you can tell a story in a couple hours. You don't need a 30 hour game to do it. So yeah, I, I never thought about it. Yeah. And you'll hear the other side of that where it's like, well, you know, these aren't, ga- these aren't movies. Th- these are games, video games. But it, again, the video game industry doesn't know what it is because yeah. the reason we have 20, 30, 40 hour games are because before when it started, it was kids playing mm-hmm. and yeah. And now they're the, the kids have become adults and now there's a new genre a new set of generation of kids playing games. So they're kind of, Oh, let's tell story driven, really narrative focused games for the adults. But mm. then there's kids out there that still want to play a long game mm-hmm. and they're trying to, to, to mold both of them where, you know, think about Fortnite. There is no story, but kids are loving it because they go in there 15, 20 minutes, they get an experience. They're out. Okay, yeah. let's go. Let's go yeah. to school. Let's go. Yeah. What It's like, we want f- fast turnaround content. We don't want this long, lengthy, lengthy stuff ever. And I'm, even if people are experiencing it, if you gave it to them in a short form mm. and they got to try it like a God of War or like, you know, a big game and you said, hey, this is two hours. That's all you need. The whole world would riot and go, what? God of War is two hours? No, it's like, well, guess what? You're going to get another one in eight months. And yeah. then people are like, mm. oh, OK, I can't wait. This is going to be cool. Mm. And it's not about turning out and, and churning out a franchise. It's just about. Let, let's let's make a game that everyone could experience and 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 I know God bless Santa Monica Studios who yeah. makes God of War but you know after two hours of playing it I was like how many times can I throw an axe how many times can I yeah. upgrade an axe uh, oh wait wait a couple hours till you get this type of weapon that's gonna come it's like I don't I'm not waiting a couple hours like yeah let's have character growth within the first act and then transition uh, when the character you know. Yeah, you know, just shorten mm-hmm. it, make it more impactful. And and how many times can you just kill the same monster over and over? And like you said, that game, uh, what was it? The old old man, old, old man's, man's journey. journey. I'm mm-hmm. even looking now. I'm Polygon. It's got eight out of ten on Steam. Nine out of ten. Uh, Metacritic, I think seventy five percent, which is pretty good. Yeah, it's like people are loving it. It's a small experience, but. The problem is industry wants to only talk about these big games because that's mm-hmm. what they what they know. I haven't even heard about this game until you just mentioned it. So I think that's it. It's trying to break the mold by hopefully making Adam's Ascending, you know, p- making a, a weapon that could get into the mainstream audience and go, bam, we're going to mm. chop some legs off. This yeah. is <laughs> this this is two hours long. Like, what? I want this to be this. I want to unlock this. I want to unlock. It's like, no, those are all things that were created to keep you entertained because games were, are so long. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. doing a skill tree has been created to keep entertainment, to keep you hooked because it gets boring. So as soon as it gets boring, you shouldn't go, what can we add here to keep them hooked for another five hours? Mm-hmm. You should go, no, let's just shorten it. That's yeah. it. It's that simple. You know? So <laughs> it's, it's, if I can ask you, are you are you aiming to have Adams ascending at uh, two hours, two to four hours? I'm hoping if I if hmm. I could get it down to an hour and a half, I would be happy. But uh, wow. uh, I'm I'm I wanted to 
I think it really depends how you play it. You know, mm. I have tons of levels, but I'm even getting to the point now where I go, well, do I need these levels? Like I've created mm-hmm. tons of them that, you know, wrap around the whole island that you're on. But I, I'm going is I'm, I'm, I'm asking myself as a storyteller, are these levels necessary to tell the story or they're just being put in there to give the player more to do so they feel like, hey, I paid this much. Now I, it's a six hour game. I feel mm. I feel good about my purchase. Well, why don't we just reduce the price of the game mm-hmm. and you'll be happy. You know, it's like, it's, it's really that simple. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm aiming for a movie experience in the sense of length. I, yeah. I want, uh, because that's what I want to play, you know, and, uh, and, and to digest. So, you know, they always say, create something that, that you'll love and others will love it too. And I've, I've yeah. I'm starting to see that. No, I completely agree with that. Making your own content that you would also consume. That's exactly what we're doing for the podcast is that would I listen to this podcast? How would I want to structure it the way I would want to listen to it? Because uh, talking about breaking the mold of content consumption, you don't really think about what do you want to play uh, as as a developer or as the uh, content creator? You're thinking about like, oh, what does the general public uh, mm-hmm. expect me to make? Uh, how can I um, make the general public understand and it should be coming from you because uh, marketing 101, I believe, is that if you have a desire for something, then somebody on planet Earth also has that same desire. Mm-hmm. So why not just do it like that? No, yeah. And uh, it's crazy to tap into that idea of, you know, instead of, you know, they're seeing it as all oh, the market wants this, which is fine because yeah. you become so big that you want to keep your market. But even, you know, I went to E3 and got the experience demo session, someone playing Adam's Ascending, and I got some great feedback, but it was feedback of, hey, uh, you know, maybe we could tighten up the weapons here and do this. I I could see this being, and then I told myself, I asked myself, I said, hold on, is this game trying to be a shooter? No. So Hmm. why am I going to go now do all this work to try to improve this? I need to just grab this, throw it in the trash can because the game was always about exploring, solving, and surviving. It, It wasn't about shooting repeat shoot repeat yeah. shoot repeat and it's so easy that you go down that road because you you are always influenced sometimes by what you play what you see and mm. it's go hi hey, man maybe people would like this i need to add this but then in the end it's like does that take away from what you're trying to create and if the if the answer is yes then you know that shouldn't be in there so it's it's pretty amazing you gotta kind of when you start getting all this feedback from a lot of people it could influence you or it can you know, facilitate and and build what you make you stick to what you really want to make it. Mm. Okay. I don't want it to mold and change into that. What what others want. And there's a balance. You want to give a gaming vibe to a a product, but you also want to keep it your own. And I think, uh, I'm not sure if I'm a big metal gear slash Hideo Kojima fan. Yeah. Uh, And I know he's listening to this. So what's up, man? Yeah. Um, Right. I would love it if he's listening to it because we always talk about Death Stranding. So I, I hope he's listening. <laughs> that would be interesting. Oh, yeah. And I think Death Stranding is a, a small example of that, of going, you know what? As what it seems like right now, it's like, hey, you're an individual carrying packages. Cool. Yeah. Have we seen that in game before? No. Th- this mm. is why it's good. Then let's just make it two hours, you know, and, and make it shorter and, mm-hmm. and not fill it in with all these other things. But that's that's what I'm talking about. Like, he's not going for hey, let's make another stealth game that involves guns and bullets. Like, mm. yeah, there's gu- there's guns and things like that I've seen in trailers, but 
it seems to be very focused on, you know, a different style of gameplay, which is going to hopefully be interesting. Yeah, I want to talk about um, story narratives and uh, the importance of narrative. Uh, you, you're very um, vocal about compelling narrative. You, you're very, uh, um, you're very for narrative over gameplay. So, giving a so, Liz, I want to ask you actually because uh, you actually got into gaming from Life is Strange. Life is Strange is heavy on narrative. Mm -hmm. Why? Uh, why is it that you wanted that compelling narrative over gameplay when it comes to video games? Because when I first started, I wasn't very good at the combat mm -hmm. part of, parts of games. So I didn't get into them because I was just so bad at them. I'm just like, forget it. I'm not doing this. Because like, I, I'm a pretty patient person in regular day things and waiting for things. Um, but when it comes to technology and things... yeah. I am not a patient person. So if I don't get it right away, if it's not working, I'm just like, forget it. I'm done. So Life is Strange is very attractive to me because I didn't have to be good at anything. Right. I could take my time and do what I needed to do and still progress in the game without having to be uh, like amazing at aiming and shooting or yeah. fighting someone or like being able to move my hands quick. And they were only two hour long episodes. Yeah, and they're shorter episodes. So it's not like I have to sit there and be like, oh, do I want to end now? Right. No, it was, it's just a lot. Mm -hmm. It was a lot easier to begin gaming. And now I'm getting better at the combat and shooting and things like that. Um, but definitely when I started, I was God awful. So <laughs> Life is Strange was a good start. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think they do something great with the idea of, you know, <clears throat> telling a story in a simple way and not, you know, totally making it impossible to experience. That uh, mm -hmm. I think that's also been a barrier for entry in the game industry where it's like, here's these two sticks, here's these 75 buttons, and uh, enjoy, you know. Yeah. And it's like, uh, what? <laughs> it's like it, the basics should be move forward and go here and click that. And I know everybody has different levels uh, of gaming so but yeah i agree 100 percent. where narrative uh is to me narrative is king over gameplay i mm -hmm. know some people are probably already like what but um yeah it, right it always has been it'll narrative's been around before games existed before movies existed mm -hmm. you know it, it's the foundation of in our own lives whether we know it or not we have our own narrative hey i'm going here in my life mm. Mm -hmm. I have to get there in my life, and these are obstacles I'm facing. Your life is a narrative. Yeah. If it was yeah. just a gameplay, we'd be like, oh, I'm going to cruise around in my Ferrari every day and enjoy, like, just cruising around on the beach. That gets boring because that's, like, the gameplay aspect. Well, where are you trying to go to? Uh, yeah, it's great to drive a Ferrari and, and, and drive around the beach and feel great and feel good, but if, if you have no reason of – where you're trying to go to with your Ferrari or uh, I know that's a crazy analogy, but if that makes sense, yeah, no, it does. Yeah, definitely. yeah, there's no drive. Yeah. Because a uh, narrative is pulling you into the game world. I believe that gameplay is more of the icing on the cake, but if you just have icing, it's just like um, a sugary mess. Right. Whereas, yeah. I mean, cake is a sugary mess, but that's beyond delicious. the point. Uh, but if you don't have that good, solid narrative that's within the gameplay, then it's just going to be a, a soggy mess. You you just have 
a video game rather than a compelling story that wants to have you continue. Mm -hmm. uh, right now I'm playing Horizon Zero Dawn. And I feel like I'm reading a book, like page by page. It's a longer game, but I feel like I'm turning the pages of a really good book. Uh, and it's the narrative that's really pulling me into the game world. And I'm, I'm absolutely digging uh, the narrative of the game. Yep, that game has a great narrative, great twists and turns. And and that's that's the carrot dangling in front of the player. You know, if yeah. that wasn't there, you'd just be going around shooting robot dinosaurs and be like, what's the <laughs> point of this? You'd be you'd be bored with it pretty quick, even though the boredom doesn't hit you because you're like, Oh, here's a T-Rex. Here's this, here's that. And you're, you're experiencing all these different types of enemies. Mm -hmm. But once you go through them all and you're just uh, you know, a character wandering the world, you know, mm. that's, that's, you know, I, I feel I can't really tap into that, but there's a sense of even us as humans, depression kicks in sometimes too, when mm. we don't know what we want or we don't know where we're going. We don't, we don't know who we are when you're just, going in a loop you feel lost but as soon as you put a goal in front of you you'll start seeing that that grime that darkness go away and you go okay i'm marching forward towards this mm. thing w what are the steps i need to do to get there and that's what narrative does uh but yeah i think uh 100 yeah compel compelling narrative totally pulls you into the world of a game mm. uh that gameplay can't do mm-hmm so one thing I want to bring to this conversation, and I really want to get your feedback on this, uh, you, you also say in your, in your videos and any time you're speaking that uh, game developers have this sort of responsibility to break the mold. They, they have this responsibility to uh, do their own narrative, make their own games. However, one thing I, I, I feel like all of our listeners and our viewers should understand is that not only do the developers have this responsibility, but we as consumers, we as the ones who are consuming the content, right, also have a responsibility to break this mold. So I guess what, what we should end on here, well, there's one more thing I want to end on, but second to last, I'm organized, but <laughs> how can we as followers, how can we as game uh, video gamers, right, how can we be more responsible with breaking the mold? How can we be more respectful towards game developers? So you can go as hard as you want, question. by the way. Well, yeah, it's a question. Uh, repeat it one more time. Just so it gives me a second to soak it up even more. Yeah. How can we as gamers, how can we as content consumers be more respectful for developers? How can we be more respectful on Twitter? How can we be more inspiring and uh, encouraging to developers rather than just Twitter thrashing you? Yeah, it's tough. I think from my perspective, even when games have come out and I see a feed and people are just trashing it, I guess one example is kind of like Days Gone, mm -hmm. which uh, you know has had some critical hiccups, but it seems like it's selling like crazy and doing well. And, and then you're also seeing some people in comments trash it and, oh, frame rate. And my perspective, I go, man, you have no idea what goes on behind mm. the scenes to make that happen. And now that I do, I have understanding and respect for what they're creating. And I think that's the core is try to rap and it's hard people just want to tweet and put a message out instantly like you suck you know instead of thinking we have to see their perspective we have, no matter how bad a game looks or 
if in No Man's Sky is an example, like, oh, it doesn't have all these things. You guys are trash. It's yeah. like, hey, man, you know how much work it is? I think at the time, four to six people were making this. You know how much hard work to create entertainment for you is? Mm. You know, and and you know, and it's okay if you don't lock it in and get it perfect, but let's encourage these individuals instead of breaking them down be like, Hey, you did great. Mm. Let's do an encouraging word first before we give a negative. Hey, you did great. This is awesome. Hey, can we, and just be gentle, you know, can, can you guys try to go in this direction when you guys can, you know, it's a lot of work. You're balancing a million things. And, you know, I've seen it myself, you know, during the showcase and Adam's ascending trailer drops. And I know it's, its flaws and, it, and its successes. And, you know, when you get some people seeing and go, Oh man, this is horrible. I don't care if it's from one person and frame man. rates horrible. And it's like, yeah, I know it's, it's tough, but I'm going to get to that. Trust me. Uh, and, and it's, I guess we have to just see the other person's point of view and not just be the, the consumer and going, well, I want this and this is how it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Especially depending on the team, when we're talking about a 300, 400 person team, you have a little more, you know, say of like, Hey, this shouldn't come out out of the factory looking like this. It should be better. You know, no matter what, there's no excuses. Yeah. But I think it's just respect. If that makes sense, you know, seeing the other perspective. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think that we as podcasters now that now that we have now we're nowhere near game development. That takes so much time. In fact, we tried to do game development and then I became impatient and I stopped, but we really wanted to be within the gaming world and even just developing a good podcast takes a lot of work and whenever somebody just gives me the negative rather than what they enjoyed about it, mm -hmm. it it just becomes well how am i supposed to listen to you if you're just negative about it yeah right uh and i'm sure you've come across that and i, I love what you said just be gentle about it and yes give an, an encouraging word word and then be gentle about the negative mm -hmm. right uh, Liz, have you ever come across that in your creations? Um, not so much in my creations, but just in general. I mean, you know my tolerance for rude. Right. Um, yeah. I, for anyone who doesn't know, I have zero tolerance for rude people. Like, my mind explodes when I encounter rude people. So I kind of agree with, like, be gentle about it. Like, you can comment on what you dislike about the game without being a total jerk about it. Just be like, Hey, you know, like, again, like being that and like, give a comment. Like it seems like you put a lot of work into this game, but I'm just not feeling it. You know, mm -hmm. is this something that's going to be changed in the future? Like just say it in a bit nicer. There's always a better way to say something. You right. know? So that's, that's my take on being a little nicer about it. I don't know. Yeah. No, yeah, don't just a kind of, last point is just you know i've noticed too a lot of people like talking you know but mm -hmm. you know it's all it's all about sometimes you just got to go quiet and say you know what i'll show them i won't tell them and and in life we have to be examples so you know no man's guy again they they went into a black hole and they said we're gonna make this better they didn't even respond to tweets and a year later they've totally changed their game around and everyone's like wow this is the greatest comeback story ever you know right um they knew what their vision was from the start. So sometimes you're always, you know, it's, it's life. There is a negative, a positive, you know, that's how, that's just how it is. And are you going to let that negative fuel you? Obviously we would love it to be a lot more gentle, but you know, when it does come in, let's just stay focused on, 
for everyone, even, mm. you know, let's, you got to stay focused on the goal and then they'll see, they'll see the outcome later, you know? Mm. So we're running a little bit out of time, but I, I don't want to end this podcast or this conversation without ending on inspiration, encouragement, because Nick, you're such an inspiring person. You're such an encouraging uh, person who just wants to spread positive uh, positivity and let people achieve their dreams. So I think the last uh, point that we can make briefly is how can we be, how can we as individuals be more inspiring, whether it be in podcasting or game developments? So Nick, we'll start with you. How can we be more inspiring with game development? Uh, with game development, I'd say it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to be just so specific. We could be more inspiring with game development by just, I think, being more open and mm. really, you know, we always see from the outside that this is some big closed door and this thing happens in a black hole somewhere and then it's in, it's in your gaming console and you're playing it. Mm. Uh, I think we could be more inspiring by showing our faults and showing, hey, look, look where we came from. Uh, look how we started mm-hmm. with where this is where we're trying to go. I think, I think in general, uh, even outside of game game development, I say, you know, are we? Me and my buddy always talk about this. Is it life giving or life taking? What mm. are you What are you putting out there? Uh, whether it's what you're chasing in your own life, uh, whether it's you making a game, uh, is it is it encouraging others to chase their dream, or are you just trying to make something so big that you could crush others mm. and in the end, we're literally, I don't, I've been on film sets. I've, I've seen the, the best of the best and we're all people. We're all people who are all at the same level. It doesn't matter how big a project they're working on, how small a project. We are absolutely going to the same exact thing in different ways. So right. I would say uplift the people, open doors. You know, yes. I would tell people, man, I when I had nothing, I was so grateful for when the door opened for me that now I want to open doors for people. Like I can't wait to get to the point of being able to hire employees so I could be like, Oh my God, you have a dream. You're working your butt off. Please let's do it. Let's do it together. I want to employ you so you could chase your dream. It's not even about, Hey, let's get this game done. Yeah. That's the the core of it. But it's like, wow, you're getting experience that you could grow. Let's do it. Right. On. So encouraging people, you know, give life to others just to, to be brief. No, exactly. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think that's what we're trying to get with with the podcast and trying to be inspiring to others and be encouraging. Yeah, we might rant a little bit about uh, the game industry in itself, but we want to bring light to people and bring a smile to people every single week when they uh, hit that play button. You know, we, we want to make sure that people are like smiling and enjoying life. And whenever we go out to conventions or uh, expos, if we were to get invited to expos, we just want to be people Mm -hmm. to them. Uh, And exactly it, bringing light to people. I would love to get to a point where this podcast gets so big, like what you said, uh, to hire somebody, whether it be in lighting department or making sure that the stream is going okay. Because that's their passion, that's their drive, and they want an open door. And I, and I think you're hitting the nail right on the head there. How you can be inspiring no matter what is just opening doors for people, being a human being to others. Uh, mm-hmm. Liz, do you have any final thoughts on this? No, I think you guys um, 
really covered it where it's just kind of being able to once you hit your dream and at a point just being able to encourage and help others Mm -hmm. um even on twitter if you go into the writing community which is what i'm mostly Mm -hmm. part of on twitter it's just everyone's just encouraging each other following each other sharing each other's Mm -hmm. um you know plots and telling like giving advice it's just it's one of those things that it's just the easiest thing to do to help people and inspire people and yeah let others reach for their dreams because i know that we've both experienced people who are just like i don't Mm -hmm. care about your dream that's not practical right go away you know so i think you know it's just the easiest thing to do no dead on and i just want to say anybody listening um please go after that dream that's burning so deep in your heart no matter how impossible it looks, no matter how crazy people say it is, go after it. And and don't worry about if it's even, you're able to even reach it, just go. Because it's really not even about you, it's about what you're gonna do for others. Hmm. And what you're gonna do, it's, it's generational. You're gonna be doing, by you achieving your dream, it's gonna affect Maybe the, the employees that you're going to be providing for their families one day or mm. and changing other people's lives or or making impact and inspiring the next generation. Some, you know, Greg Miller, God bless the man's heart, he came up to me and I'll, this is my final thing about chasing dreams. And I said, thanks for letting me be part of the kind of funny showcase. And he said, Nick, this showcase is about that 11 year old who's going to be watching Adam's Ascending and going, hey, this one guy made mm. a game. I could go make one, too. And that's literally why we should be doing what we're doing. And no matter how tough it is, go, because it's going to happen. And when it happens, you're going to inspire someone else to go. You, you might be inspiring the next Hideo Kojima, you know, the next guy mm-hmm. who or, or girl who's going to make a huge game or movie or script or story. So it's so important and vital that you go do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so please listen to your heart. Man, Nick, yeah. um, we're going to end this podcast from there because I, I can't beat an- another line from that. Nick DiPaolo, uh, such an inspiring person, such an encouraging person. Uh, for anybody listening, anybody watching, definitely keep Adam's Ascending on your watch list. Put it on your wish list in Steam. Uh, it's going to be uh, – has that deal finalized that it's going to be on PlayStation? I'm not sure if it did or not. So I'm talking with Xbox, and then after that, we'll see if something good comes out of there. And yes – uh, I've been, again, one man solo team. The Steam page should be up very soon. Mm. Uh, so please keep an eye out on that. And if you're wanting to know exactly, uh, you could give me a follow on Twitter at Depalo, D-E-P-A-L-O, uh, and on Instagram, Nick underscore Depalo. And I'll be posting when things will go live there. But yeah, there there are... There are things happening. The dream is to get on Xbox, to get on these major consoles and PlayStation, and and uh, it's going to happen. Man. And we definitely want to follow your journey. Uh, we, we're completely inspired that you're on this podcast. I'm just going to say this right now. That I, I'm dead serious when I say this. This is probably my favorite podcast episode yet. Uh, it's just so encouraging. So much wisdom has been shared on this particular episode. And I, I, I just cannot wait to play this game, Adam's Ascending, 
uh, you don't have to say when there's a release date, but I definitely want to keep in touch with you and uh, just talk about uh, the journey some more and definitely have you on the podcast again. Once development like goes even more, we, we want to hear about this journey, man. We, we definitely appreciate you coming on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. It's an honor, pleasure, and I hope I'm here one day after coming off the E3 stage at Xbox's stage or PlayStation stage, nice. doing a big announcement, coming back on the podcast and being like, hey, so thank you. <laughs> coming <laughs> as like a, yeah, man. Oh, man, this is just super encouraging, man. We, we, we thank you for sharing this wisdom again. Uh, thank you again for coming on the show. Uh, I think we're going to end it here. Uh, we want to remind you again to follow Nick. Uh, as he said, it's at DePaulo on Twitter. That's D-E-P-A-L-O. Or if you're watching it on YouTube, we have his face right around here. Uh, <laughs> you can see how it's being spelled. You can also follow the uh, Games and Groceries. Uh, it's at Gaming Groceries. Or you can follow us individually. I'm at Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. So you can also follow us there and follow us on Instagram. Games and Groceries. All one word. Also, check out our website, uh, gamesandgroceries.com, where you can listen to all the episodes from there, and as well as find out where you can listen to the episodes. And finally, if you're listening to us on the audio version, definitely give us a rate and a review uh, and tell us what you thought about this episode. Uh, definitely uh, share your thoughts. If you're watching this on YouTube, comment down below. Uh, like this episode. Uh, definitely share what you thought about uh, Nick's uh, amazing wisdom that he gave here. So we're, we'll end it here. Uh, Nick, thanks again for taking time out of your busy schedule to be on here. Uh, do you have any uh, final thoughts? Chase your dreams. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. And just follow. If your heart's burning, follow that burning sensation all the way to the to the promised land that's been put in your heart. And you're going to do it. I promise you. There's no doubt in my heart. Just do it. Chase your dreams. Right on, man. We thank you for listening to this week's episode. We hope to have you again next week. Have a great week.